tricks in sci-fi. What is all this about? I don't care what you believe. Identify yourself. With Rico Dosti. There's no greater challenge than the study of philosophy. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? Dr. Beverly Crusher. I would appreciate an explanation. Yes, you should. You will respond to my questions. Sit down, shut up and wait. No, no, no. Your weekly dose of geeky goodness and entertainment news. Now, what do you think that tells me about your character? I'm sorry, I can't tell you that yet. Why not? I'm gonna make this simple for you, Mr. Crusher. Either you come forward and tell Admiral Brand what really took place, or I will. Trex and Sci-Fi, the weekly sci-fi podcast. I can assure you that I'm not given to casual relationships. I understand that. Yes, you should. Goodbye. Trex in Sci-Fi. Hello, Trexan Sci-Fi listeners. This is Rico with a, a different kind of podcast this week. Uh, it's on the road. Um, actually driving back from Michigan to Illinois right now, and I'm in a stretch of uh, road that's not too busy. So I thought I could record uh, a podcast for all of you today. Uh, is May 31st, 2010. It's Memorial Day and. The states. Uh, I think it's just in the states that this is celebrated for m- today. Uh, it uh, it is also podcast 281 uh, for Trex and Sci-Fi. I was trying to think uh, as I've been driving. I've been driving about two hours so far on my drive uh, for um, getting back to Illinois, and I was trying to kind of come up with what I would talk about and you know cover on uh, this week's edition of Trex and Sci-Fi. You know, and I thought about TV and movies and other things. And uh, also, I thought about how bad some drivers are. Like, there's a guy behind me who's like, why am I not going anywhere? Well, there's a car right in front of me, so I can't really go anywhere. But, um, yeah, so there's a lot of really bad drivers on the road these days. And uh, there he goes. He finally is gone now, driving his little Hyundai which I've actually looked at some Hyundai cars lately. We'll talk about that a little bit. But anyway, uh, let's see. So getting back to what I would talk about this week, and I'm going to try to to begin with just talk about some general things, I guess, some stuff that's been going on, and I usually do that at the beginning of the podcast anyway. Oh, by the way, I picked up uh, a new portable recording device here. I don't know. I'm hoping the quality will be good. Uh, I'm double-checking that I'm actually recording, so... I'm going to try to keep it about maybe six to eight inches away from my uh, my mouth. To, uh, but it's a little Sony uh, recorder. Picked it up at Best Buy yesterday. And for those that have listened to the show for a while, way back when I first go started going over to Rockford uh, for work, I had my portable recorder in my pocket and, and proceeded to wash it through uh, <laughs> wash it through the laundry which it did not survive even though it looked completely perfect when it came out it didn't look dinged or damaged or anything like that and I thought being solid state and everything that it might survive once it dried out but it just doesn't function anymore so I finally bought a new portable recorder yesterday 
Uh, so that's what I'm using this little Sony. Uh, it looks pretty good. You can spend more, you know, less on these. I, I, I bought kind of a moderately priced one, I guess. It wasn't too bad. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's what I'm recording on. Uh, this actually uh, has the ability to plug in an external mic, but I'm just using the one uh, that uh, is built into the recorder. And uh, so that should probably suffice. Hopefully you won't hear too much background noise and, and the recording will be listenable. Listenable? Is that a word? Oh, okay to listen to? Let's say that. So, uh, Let's see. What everyone probably knows by now, I've moved into that new place. Uh, so, oh, I'm in a bumpy stretch here. <laughs> And uh, it's, it's been going okay in the new place. It's a little, uh, you know, it takes some adjustment. I, I keep, like, in the car right now, I brought, I'm bringing back a small little end table. I've got uh, a little lamp. I've got a couple of fans because I'm on the second floor and it's kind of warm. I think I talked a little bit about that on last week's podcast. But overall, it's, it's working out, I think. Uh, I looked around a lot for a new place, and this one seems okay. Uh, who knows for how long this thing will all continue. Uh, every time I go home for the weekend, like this weekend, I, I think to myself, you know, is this really worth... Uh, I always think of that uh, line that Han Solo says uh, in... Uh, I think he says it a few times in A New Hope. He says, no reward is worth this. And on, on usually some tough times and the drive back to Michigan, like on Friday, was really busy, uh, especially in the areas where there's some construction. I always say to myself, uh, no reward is worth this. You know, this whole living away from home and driving back and forth every few weeks and stuff like that. But um, I guess it's just the way it is right now. So it won't be forever. I'm sure of that. And uh, But anyway, so the weekend at home was good. Uh, it was nice to see uh, both of my sons, Eric and Stephen, were home for the weekend. Well, Eric's home for the summer. Stephen's... Uh, uh, still uh, up at Michigan State working up there over the summer. He's got uh, he's giving tours on campus and of course Lynn was around and Kaylee and all that and I don't know if you're going to hear this but I'm starting to get into some areas where it's raining a little bit so hopefully uh, if it gets kind of hairy I'll just set down the recorder. It shouldn't be too bad. It doesn't look right now. It's sprinkling but uh, if it pours a little bit I'll pause the recording and come back in a few which it's I don't know. We might get more than... Uh, I'm not sure how much this mic will pick this up. I'll just continue along. So so uh, it was nice to be home for the weekend. Uh, just got some things done around the house. Lynn and I went out uh, one evening to see Shrek. What is it? Shrek 4 now they're up to? The final chapter of the Shrek saga. Hey, we like those movies a lot. I don't know. There's just something about the guys who do the voices and the jokes and I especially like Puss in Boots. Uh, Antonio Banderas, you know, he's like, I am Puss in Boots. And I, I just uh, enjoy them a lot. She likes it a lot. We laughed. And uh, they had it at a local movie theater, which in Michigan and in a lot of areas in different states, the, those little local uh, small movie theaters are pretty much gone now, it seems like. They're not around a lot. So I try to... St- you know, support them when I uh, when there's some <clears throat> when there's one still in the area. I try to go to that and support it. But uh, we saw that, and I also went with Mark, uh, who's on the forum. Hello, and we went to see the Prince of Persia movie yesterday. Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. 
Sometimes I think they should just not bother with the whole like subtitle on those kind of movies, especially with the first one. Did it really matter? Could it have just been called Prince of Persia? Would that have really changed, you know, people seeing it or not? I don't know. I was never really, uh, I never really played those video games very much. I knew a little bit about them. The kids played them. Uh, but the, the movie was just your typical uh, summer, you know, action-ish, Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, kind of this summer's Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Lots of action, stunts, uh, and effects and things. And it was good. Jake Gyllenhaal is, uh, I guess his name is like Dustin or something like that in the movie. And he plays this Prince of Persia character and he's you know capable of like leaping around on these buildings and swinging and doing a lot of kind of acrobatics that uh happen in the video game i'm not going to spoil it or anything i don't think you know all the stuff you see in the previews but you can uh you can imagine you know a video game turned into a movie is going to have that kind of stuff i thought the story was okay the the actors did a good job uh it, it looked cool it was a it was a, a neat looking movie and it, it, if you see the trailer and it looks like something it, you know from the trailer that you would have fun watching, like if you enjoy the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, I think you'd enjoy this. Uh, it's, uh, it's in that kind of genre and that kind of line of films. Nothing real heavy at all, uh, but, uh, but very cool. And I, I like to see that stuff during the summer. Summer movies, uh, you expect at least to get a couple of movies that are kind of like that during the summer. So that was Prince of Persia yesterday, saw that, and enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. Uh, next week, I don't think there's much, well, the, yeah, there's that, uh, what is that called, that little hybrid movie where that alien creature is created where they're, oh, Splice, that's what it is. Yeah, that comes out next uh, weekend, I believe. And then uh, after that, we've got the A-Team, and then uh, the next Toy Story movie will be coming, and some cool movies in, in July, like that Inception movie. And Well, we talked uh, just a couple weeks back on that Skype call about the summer movie, so I'm not going to go over a whole rehash of all that, but I think, uh, I think there's some good stuff this summer. I, I still think that maybe it's not as sci-fi and fantasy-oriented as last year we had... Uh, we had the Star Trek movie, of course, and Wolverine, and in the uh, next Transformers movie, or the, I guess, the last Transformers movie, we could call it, I think was out last summer. So, uh, it was just, you know, there's some stuff like that this summer, but maybe not as much. Uh, other movies, comedies, uh, and things, the A-Team looks like a lot of fun, uh, but I will be seeing that, I'm sure, when it comes out. What else, uh, film-wise? I guess that's all I wanted to cover on that. Uh, and the TV seasons have kind of, you know, wrapped up a bit right now. We've got uh, the end of a couple of shows that I've followed all since they were on the air, 24, and Lost, both. So uh, those have ended. And I'm going to probably here in a minute or two talk uh, about 20, or not 24 so much, although I enjoyed that and had a good run. And like the uh, last episode, I thought was pretty good. But I want to talk a bit about uh, Lost. So I, I guess I'll give a, a spoiler warning right now. I don't think I'm going to try to give out too much, really, that's going to give things away. Uh, well, maybe a little bit. I, well, so anyway, here's your... If you're not... Uh, haven't seen that final episode of Lost or, or you don't want to hear about Lost, maybe you've never watched the show, uh, skip ahead maybe... I'll probably maybe talk about the show for a little bit, maybe five or ten minutes, maybe ten. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. 
but you've been warned, so uh, take a break or forward things ahead. <laughs> I gotta get around this car here. One car in front of me is going like 50 miles an hour and a, on a 70 mile an hour uh, freeway is a little slow. Uh, so, yeah, Lost, okay. Now I was, I, I enjoyed the whole run of Lost on, on TV. I thought it was a great series, very cool uh, series. Very interesting characters, loved the cast always. Some seasons I enjoyed more than others, but it, oh, as a whole, it was a, you know, a great series. Really enjoyed the ride and, and all the mysteries of the island and all of that. Now, we got to last week, we had the finale. First off, I have to say, I was a little disappointed about how ABC did this. First, I, I thought that maybe I didn't pay close enough attention to the advertising, but I was all settled in. It was like supposed to start at seven o'clock, six central, which I'm at central time in Illinois. So I sat down and got all ready to, you know, make sure I had some dinner already and got ready to watch the, you know, final episode of Lost at six o'clock. And it turns out it's just a whole bunch of, uh, like, you know, talking to the actors, recap of, uh, what's going on on the show. And that would have been fine, except I thought that they kind of, they, they really didn't say they were going to do that so much. Well, now it's raining a lot more. Maybe I'll have to stop the recording before I talk about Lost and pay attention more to the road. No, Rico, don't crash. Yeah, set it down. All right, I'll be back in a minute or two once this settles down. Hi, this is Jules Stage just saying hi to Trexan Sci-Fi. Okay, I'm back. It's, uh, it was only a little brief bit of heavy rain there for a second or two. The uh, yeah, we'll go back to talking about lost. I, I know the drive today is going to take a lot longer. I'm going to run into traffic, construction, rain. Ugh. They need to really invent transporters. So, so let's get back to lost. Now, there's been quite a bit of discussion. We've been talking about the finale and stuff on the forum, treksinsci-fi.com. Go to the forum, join if you haven't. Oh, we've been talking about it the last week. Uh, for a little different situation here. Uh, oh, let's go back to what I was saying. Yeah, so there was this two hours worth of recap, and then the final two-and-a-half-hour episode came on the air. So that was a lot of Lost for the last night. It would almost have been better if they, they had played like that that recap and finale stuff a different night, I, I thought. I thought that was a little overdoing it. Okay, now for the, for the episode itself. Like I said, we've been talking a bit about it at the forum, and a little different situation has sort of come up in, in the fact that I'm one of the, you know, maybe fewer of so far at least, although there's some others. I was not very happy with the last episode of Lost, and I'm going to try to explain this a little bit better than maybe I've been able to do on the forum. Sometimes it's easier to talk about it than it is to write about it, uh, if you know what I mean. So, first, I knew going into the finale we were going to end up with a, at the end of the episode where Yes, I, I, I would expect that not every little thing that happened over the whole series was going to be explained to us. Now, keep in mind, this series to me always seemed like it, uh, somewhat scientifically based. In other words, a lot of the stuff on the island, they had things dealing with time travel. They had things dealing with uh, electromagnetic radiation, uh, being able to transport from the island to a place, another place on the Earth, uh, you know, weird magnetic effects and things that would allow people to not, like, leave the island or even find the island. 
the island was able to be moved, you know, it's, there was so much sort of, we'll call it, you know, pseudoscience, but science in a way, science fiction in a way, where they were trying to say, okay, the island, you know, because you're on this island, this happens, or this happens, or that happens, or whatever, and the whole Dharma group and all were, you know, those scientists and things were things, I don't know, why did I say that? The, the people there with the Dharma initiative and group were there to study all that stuff. Okay, so you get to, like, the last episode of Lost, and you would expect that somehow, some way, somebody would have come along and tried to say, well, because of this particular location of the island on the Earth, or all these, like, magnetic fields line up, and I don't, you know, now some people probably are already saying, you know, you know, hey, Rico, you don't need to explain things like that, you know, it's science fiction, you know, but I, I don't agree with that completely. Yeah, it, it, let's, use, let's use a Star Trek analogy, okay? Now, Star Trek, you know, they are on a starship that, that goes warp speeds, and, and, and the, but the show isn't about the, the Enterprise going warp speed. The show isn't about the phasers and the communicators. The show is about exploring strange new worlds. Those other things are just sort of devices that they use to get to the planets and to, to deal with other aliens and situations that come up. But for Lost, the island and all the, the, the strangeness and the mysteries of the island to me was not just a situation that was set up for the characters. To me, that was something that was the, the, one of the biggest mysteries of the whole show itself. Not just the characters and what they were going through and all that. So I was hoping and expecting by the end of the show that some of that stuff would have been, you know, they would have had someone sit down sometime or come about, you know, come around and say, oh, well, this is kind of why or whatever. And not every little detail, not every little thing, but just something to kind of tell us a little bit about that. But not that wasn't even, like, touched on at all. It, it hasn't even really, in the last season, been looked at at all. It's just like, oh, yeah, this island's just weird. There you go. That's all there is to it. Okay. You know, it, it, I for a show that brought those kind of things out, you know, every season or so, there'd be a few of those new little things that would pop out. You, you know, you have the whole hatch in the early years and pushing the numbers. And I know what that was for, but... but but kind of how did they figure out even to do that at all? Where did that even come from, you know, to contain that? I, I mean, maybe I missed things. Maybe I should watch this show again from the beginning. I don't know. Um, but so we get to the last episode and none of that stuff, all that stuff is just sort of like, no, we're not going to really talk about that at all. Okay. Which I felt very kind of ripped off <laughs> because of that. But what they do go into is this whole struggle a little bit of, of, of a little bit of good and evil of this this creature that has taken on Locke, John Locke's appearance, who wants to get off the island, and and the the the, the remnants of you know the the oceanic flight are, are kind of trying to stop him, and they're also trying to make their way off the island too at the same time, and other things are going on, and then it turns out towards the you know in the in the end, and they've been having these sort of flash sideways people are calling them, but it turns out in the end there's sort of this sort of mystical faith situation going on and I just had a bit of a problem with that for a few reasons. One, it seemed a little out of place on the show. The show never really dealt that much with that, okay? They even, the producers and people who worked on Lost, 
denied way, way back when people first started watching the show, they denied that there was any kind of like explanation to things going on on the show that was sort of dealt with, you know, the afterlife or, or heaven and hell or whatever you want to call it. But then in the very last episode where, you know, they're blowing up atom bombs and, you know, previous weeks and they're, they're time traveling and they're, they're going pushing a little wheel with some weird bright light and, you know, ending up on another part of the, uh, of the earth and escaping the island and, and Ben moves the island and the smoke monster, uh, you know, it, it, they just go into this whole like, oh, well, they're all sort of have, have you know, and here's big spoiler warning again. They've all sort of all perished in their own time. They did crash on the island because all the stuff that's going on in the last episode, they all have these sort of memories and flashbacks of what they went through, and they have to sort of be reminded of that. Desmond kind of does this. And so, therefore, they obviously did experience the things that they went through on the island. Somehow, when, they, when they've passed on, they've forgotten about this. Although, it doesn't seem like it's important to do this until the final one dies or... Jack dies. I don't think he's the final one. That wouldn't make sense. I think the other people that escaped out the island must have lived a lot longer than Jack. So, But I guess there's no time reference in the afterlife that once they all came together there, they were together again. Oh, it's raining crazy again. Hope this isn't coming up through on the recording too much. I tried to put the mic. The mic has a directional uh, kind of ability to, you, you can put it on so it takes sort of sound from all the area or, or close up. So, well, hopefully it's not picking up the background uh, sounds too much. So anyway, going back to Lost, the the thing again that got me was the show was never really about or or had the same kind of feeling and, and theme and stuff that was going on in the very last episode just never really came out in, in in any way in the other episodes that they did all the way up until that. It just didn't seem to fit. It was like, oh, here's our final episode, we're, so we're gonna we're gonna do something kind of a little bit, you know, really off the wall, a little bit different. And that could be okay to a degree, but for the whole episode, and and that's the final pitch of the whole thing. I just again, I didn't think that that was the way they should have done it. Uh, I think that there was a lot of stuff that they left us hanging for. Uh, and again, I know people out there listening are probably saying, well, they don't need to explain everything. and it, It's left to our own interpretation and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I, I don't really think that that's the way to do a TV show so much. Uh, especially one that goes on for that long of a period of time, for, for, for six years to just sort of say, okay, well, you guys make up your own kind of ideas about some of these other things. I, I, I don't need everything answered. I don't need all the information, you know, fed to me by spoon or whatever, spoon fed to me. But I think we deserved a little bit more. That's just my opinion. You guys, you know, if you have different opinions, you're obviously welcome to them. I, I don't consider my opinion any better or, or worse than anyone else's, but I, you know, I did watch the show pretty faithfully the whole time, you know, every season, all the episodes. So I, I, again, at the end was, was just like, that's it, you know, kind of like, that was, you almost didn't even really need to do everything they did throughout the rest of the show to get to the ending. If you know what I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff in between 
that happened on Lost, a lot of the stuff that, you know, they went through really didn't ended up being all didn't matter that much. It didn't have much importance to it, especially since by the time they were going to all die and end up in the, you know, whatever ever after afterlife that that it wasn't all that critical. Now, it, it they did sort of form these relationships that became sort of important in the afterlife, but well, again, I probably already, you know, rambled on and talked a little bit, you know, more than enough about loss. But I just felt like getting that out there, especially since this podcast is a little sort of off the cuff since I'm just driving back to Illinois. And it was a good thing, a good subject to talk about. I don't need to have a lot of clips to play or anything like that. So so that's how I felt the, about the ending of Lost. Uh, I'm going to take a short break here and uh, I'll come back and chat some more with you. everyone, this is Vartok again, with another music and sci-fi segment. For today's segment, I'm going to talk about Joel Goldsmith, best known for composing the music to the Stargate television series, and the son of Jerry Goldsmith. Way back in Trek and Sci-Fi podcast number 146, I covered Jerry Goldsmith, one of the most prolific and famous film composers ever and who passed on July 21st, 2004. Today's segment will allow me a new opportunity to review a composer's son's work. By the way, the clip I started out with is Joel's Stargate Universe theme. Joel was born on November 19, 1957, which makes him coming up on 53 years old, and in my opinion, he is in the prime of his composing career. He is known for his music for film and television, and more recently for video game music, when in 2006, he composed the music to Call of Duty 3, which you are listening to in the background. But I'm getting ahead of myself, Joel is the eldest son of Jerry Goldsmith's six children, and interestingly enough, he didn't become commercially active in his career until 1978, when he was about 29 years old. However, he states that growing up and watching my father obviously gave me an unusual exposure to the craft early on. I got serious about being a composer about the age of 17. It really started by me fooling around with my dad's synthesizers, Unlike his father, who scored mostly big-name film music, Joel has been very active in television scores, and he currently has 64 entries in the IMDb. What was Joel's relationship to his famous father? 
Let's hear a portion of a 2006 interview for GateWorld podcast hosted by David Reed. There's no denying it. I was, I was, um, you know, I was brought up listening to his music, and you know, you have the same. It's a, it's a strange thing with my dad. You know, everyone's dad to a certain extent. You know, there's a there's a, there's a complex relationship with every boy and his father, and you know, the the the, the love hate, the strong love. And, you know, everybody's dad is, is their hero. And it's bizarre when, you know, you know, you have your dad as your hero, and then all of a sudden there's a lot of other people who think the same thing. You know, I, I, I talk to, you know, David Newman, or I'll talk to, um, you know, Peter Bernstein or something like going up to them and saying, you know, hey, we belong to the, the Sons of Famous Fathers, Famous Composer Fathers Club. And David Newman and Thomas Newman and, you know, Peter, Peter Bernstein and, 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 you know, and, and Joey Williams and, and Mark Williams and, you know, all of us have that same kind of thing. You know, your famous father and, and, it, and it's a little, you know, you, you listen to your dad's music, you're moved by your dad's music uh. and you're influenced. Joel's early career started in 1978 when he composed the music to a low-budget sci-fi movie called Laser Blast with another composer, Richard Band with whom he collaborated on a few more efforts. Five years later, Joel had his first solo assignment in creating music for cult German director Uli Lomo and the 1983 film Olivia. Joel provided what was called a stylish synthesizer score. Besides Olivia, the year 1983 also saw his composing the music for the Carl Reiner film The Man With Two Brains, starring Steve Martin. Now, from 1984 through 1988, Joel was composing on the average one or two movie scores per year, with titles most of us are not familiar with today. However, in 1984, he helped his father, Jerry, produce Runaway, an all-electronic score. And again, he helped his dad with the theme for Hoosiers in 1986. Joel's first TV series started in 1990, when he scored episodes for the TV series H.E.L.P., or help, which lasted one season, and for which his father Jerry wrote the original theme. Also in 1990, Joel Goldsmith composed his first symphonic work for Roland Emmerich's movie Moon 44. Emmerich today is well known for his movies Universal Soldier, Independence Day, Godzilla, The Day After Tomorrow, The Patriot, and of course Stargate, which will figure big in Joel's later career. In spite of Joel's sweeping score in Moon 44, he was not immediately given other big assignments. However, 1993 was Joel's breakout year. He began composing for The Untouchables TV series, and his movie score output skyrocketed to five movies, including Man's Best Friend, strongly suggesting that he was finally being noticed. In 1996, Joel composed some 20 minutes of additional music, with credit, for his father who composed the music to Star Trek First Contact. In 97, Joel created another big and bold symphonic work for the cult hit movie Cole the Conqueror, a fantasy film starring Kevin Sorbo as Cole. A movie originally intended to be the third Conan movie, it was modified when Arnold Schwarzenegger chose not to reprise his role as Conan 
and Kevin Sorbo didn't want to be a Conan. In 1999, Joel composed a score to the movie Diamonds, which is to say, Joel was not always composing music for fantasy and sci-fi until the last dozen years or so. However, finally in 1997, Joel's career finally headed in our direction, and for the last 13 years, sci-fi fans everywhere have been listening to his music many times over throughout the years. Because in 1997, Joel became the composer for the Stargate SG-1 series, with over 213 episodes to his credit, running from 1997 to 2007. Now David Arnold composed the original Stargate music for the 1994 movie. For the TV series, in the first couple of years of SG-1, there were a few other composers credited with 51 or so episodes, but since then it has been all Joel. However, he notes that he's been fortunate to have composer Neil Acri to help him out. Then, in 2004, and running through 2009, with 99 episodes, Joel composed the music for Stargate Atlantis, for which he received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Music Composition for a series. In between, he composed the scores for the direct-to-video movies Stargate The Ark of Truth in 2008, Stargate Continuum also in 2008, and Stargate SG-1 Children of the Gods in 2009. More recently, Joel has continued his Stargate association by composing the music for 20 episodes of season one of Stargate Universe. How does Joel feel about how sci-fi is accepted in the world at large? Once again, let's hear a short clip from the 2006 GateWorld interview. It's really a shame, you know, with, with, with science fiction. Sometimes, for some reason, I really can't say why. I, I wish I could know why that science fiction does not necessarily get the credibility it, that that it deserves much, you know. And and some of the shows that we've done are so emotional, are so well written, and the characters so three dimensional. It it baffles me why science fiction tends to get the pigeonholed into the, uh, something that's uh, that's maybe less serious than straight drama. Joel Goldsmith maintains his own official website called FreeClyde.com, F-R-E-E-C-L-Y-D-E, and with quite a sense of humor, where you might possibly communicate directly with Joel through his forum. Well, that's it for this music and sci-fi segment, and now back to you, Rico. Okay, I'm back. Kind of a bit of a slow part of driving here. There's, You know what happens on these two-lane highways is that um, there are trucks that sometimes decide for themselves to, to go and drive side-by-side, side, so they block all the traffic that's trying to pass. I th I, I'm, convinced, I'm convinced they do it intentionally when they get a little frustrated with all this traffic passing them. I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's a little weird and a little bit uh, irritating in a way. So I'm just kind of sitting in the right-hand lane, just cruising along pretty slowly uh, at this point. But I can still chit-chat with all of you. 
Uh, the next thing I want to talk just briefly about a, little, a few other little sci-fi TV shows that are, are currently still airing uh, that I'm enjoying. Uh, I'm enjoying uh, quite a bit the new uh, season, or what do they call it? They don't call it seasons for Doctor Who uh, years or whatever they're calling it. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. The new season with Matt Smith and Karen Gillan. Is that how you say her last name? Amy Pond. Uh, really enjoying this quite a bit. I, I was a little bit worried about the new, and I think I've talked about this briefly on the podcast before, but a little bit concerned about the new guy taking over for David Tennant for Doctor Who, but really enjoying these episodes. Uh, a few things, a little nitpicky stuff, you know, still, I, I still think it's, it, it they, there's certain things Doctor Who, even the last, you know, years they've been doing it, like, uh, since it's sort of, it came back uh, with Christopher Eccleston and, and then uh, David Tennant. They do they do certain kinds of stories with certain kinds of aliens more than others. Like for the, the the aliens inside, you know, human bodies or some piece of the alien inside human body thing seems to happen a lot on Doctor Who. Uh, it, it's it's a little it's almost a little gross sometimes when they do it, you know. But I, I just find that they. That, that seems to happen a little bit. Uh, what else? Um, they, uh, there, there's also these... They seem to enjoy... Uh, like certain kinds of prosthesis on, on the aliens. Like certain kinds of masks that they use. I mean this, you know, even in Trek. They, they had very... They definitely in Trek had certain tendencies to use certain things over and over again. Um... But anyway, let's just go back to the main the main idea here that I wanted to bring up, which was how much I'm enjoying the new series. It's, it's just really great. I think Matt Smith has got, you know, a, a lot of uh, charisma, and he's, he seems to be a very solid actor, especially being so young. I'm, I'm very impressed with him, and I think he's doing a great job. Uh, I try not to say he's better or worse than David Tennant or any of the other guys. I just, I'm enjoying it is all I want to, you know, if I wouldn't have enjoyed him after watching a couple of the new episodes, I would have stopped watching, but I think he's do, doing a, uh, a fantastic job, and uh, I, I I hope he uh, sticks with it for a few years. I hope we don't have one of these situations where he'll, I don't know, maybe uh, Meds or someone else in the forum would probably read or heard this, but I'm curious about maybe how much of a contract he's signed, how many years, two or three or four, or how long of a contract these guys usually sign up for. Uh, but uh, I'm enjoying the show a lot. It's great to have uh, Doctor Who back. It's been a long, long time. They had those David Tennant uh, sort of final movies that we got very, you know, here or there. They came... Uh, really sporadically uh you know we got one and then months went by before we got another one and that kind of stuff so uh it's great to have it come uh, uh you know we're able to see it each week the bbc america station is a little bit behind versus when it's being aired i think we're it's a it's about a week or so back i probably usually find other means to to watch the show let's just say uh, but I, you know i feel completely justified because i'm paying for you know, plenty of cable, BBC America, so I, I, I'm finding a way to watch it a week ahead. Does it really matter? You know, come on. When are they going to sync these shows up, both American television and British TV and other countries? I mean, this is the, you know, that we're in the digital age and, and telecommunications and internet and cable and all this, you know, fiber optics everywhere. Come on, people. Let, let's just work it out. And uh, 
you know, one thing I was watching this other show last night with my son, uh, older son that we enjoy a lot. It's not sci-fi. This show called Breaking Bad on AMC. Fantastic, great show. Started. This is its third season, and uh, Brian Cranston. Uh, the the basic premise is he was a high school chemistry teacher who became sick with cancer and the medical bills and things were, were piling up so he decided to use his chemistry uh, abilities to uh, sort of illegal purposes and started to uh, uh, make crystal meth and uh, and partnered up with this sort of drug drug dealer guy and it, it sounds kind of nasty and, and, and wrong and all when I describe it like that but this show the acting and the stories are just so compelling it, it, it's so believable that a guy who's who's just worried about his family and worried about leaving them you know with all these financial burdens how he could slowly be sucked into this sort of life of, of doing things that he never used or never would have considered if things hadn't gone the way they did but why did I bring up break oh I know why I brought up Breaking Bad Breaking Bad is on AMC and AMC is got, you know, we pay for AMC with Comcast, but you can't watch these episodes if you miss one. You can't watch them online anymore. They don't have, they're not on AMC.com uh, or whatever is their URL. Or you can't watch them on Hulu and you can't watch them anywhere else. And it's just, it's irritating to me, again, especially since I'm out of town and I have to find other ways to get these things and watch them, that, that no one, and Hulu's trying really hard, and I'm a big fan of them. And I, I'm probably, once they go to even this, they want to start charging a small fee to show um, older shows and more than just the last few episodes of, of shows on their network. They're going to start sub, uh, like a subscription thing. You'll still be able to watch a good portion of their stuff for free. But I, 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 don't, I wouldn't mind giving them you know $10 a month to be able to watch like the whole last season's worth of, of 24 or of Chuck or some other television show, 30 Rock or or whatever without you know most of the time they only keep like the last maybe up to five episodes on there and if you don't keep up you get you get behind and then you're really kind of stuck so um so anyway uh i i just think these these people need to get on the ball and start offering ways to, for people to watch these shows because here's the other factor like we saw a commercial when we were watching breaking bad last night we saw this commercial for this show called mad men been on a few years on AMC and, and I always heard it was a very good show but I, I kind of missed starting to watch it when it first came on and you know without renting the DVDs now or buying them or something or watching them via Netflix I I don't really feel the need to, to jump on the bandwagon and start watching the show but if AMC you know on their on their um, their website offered you know a way to see these old episodes to to get me interested to watch their show that to me would be i mean wouldn't that be a a a way to keep the show popular and bring more fans into it i i don't know i just i i I don't understand why they don't do that more uh i you know maybe they're you know they're trying to sell their dvds i'm not sure but but at least you know keeping up with their current shows like things that are on uh, CBS is the same problem. Like uh, I'm going to do a podcast in a couple of weeks about the great, you know, Geek Fest uh, TV show, The Big Bang Theory. Well, there, there, you can't watch those episodes, even the last few of those episodes, anywhere that I can find on CBS.com or anything like that. And and come on, what's up with that, guys? I mean, that that's just again to me a big mistake. 
So, and especially because if people really want to find it and watch it, they'll find ways to do it. It isn't that hard. So, and, and I'm not, you know, advocating that or anything like that, but uh, it's the same thing that happened in the music industry. And I think I've talked about this a little bit before briefly, but I, I just think that they need to make things a little easier for people to do, or they'll find other ways, even if there's not exactly on the up and up. And uh, again, I would I would easily pay a small subscription fee to, to be able to watch this stuff online. Uh, at least, especially if I've missed the last show or two or whatever, uh, I think uh, I think that would be great. Uh, so that's just my opinion. What else did I want to cover this week? Uh, I, I, not a whole lot more. I really enjoyed covering Empire Strikes Back last week. Uh, that was great. I I could do a podcast about that all uh, you know over and over again. Again, thanks to everyone that sent in uh, their comments about Empire. Uh, it's just a great movie. Never get tired of watching it. Oh, one last thing that I was going to just talk a little bit about. Not exactly sci-fi or in the geeky realms, but I'll talk a little bit about my current uh, car shopping uh, uh, experiences. Hopefully in the next week or two I'll have settled on something. But uh, just a couple of things I wanted to say. First off, uh, car dealers out there that might be listening or dealerships or just the guy you know you know the regular audience listening to this um i'm finding a very different experience depending on the car dealership that i go to some of them i i'm not having a very enjoyable time with and other ones i i'm you know are a little bit more comfortable and i'm 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 enjoying it more and for me that's that's a big import that's important you know i won't just buy a car because i like the the car dealer or the salesman but if I don't like the guy or if I don't like the feel of the dealership or, or something like that, it's going to uh, it's going to affect whether I'm going to maybe buy anything there. There's a lot of car dealerships around, so I think uh, that that is an influence. So one thing that I'm noticing is, is that what's up with why can't car dealerships let you just take a car for a test drive by yourself? Some of them are letting me do that. Some of them are not. And I'm, you know, I give them a copy of my driver's license. I leave my car there. Uh, for example, the Nissan Mazda dealership that I went to, they've had no problem. They've just said, here's the car. There's the keys. You know, go for a ride. And, and other ones, you know, they're in the car. I went to this Chevy place, and they, they wanted me to pretty much give them fingerprints and blood before they were going to let me take a car for a drive uh, by myself. Now, I don't really mind a lot of times... Uh, when they go along with me, but it's kind of fun to go by yourself to get a better feel for it. You know, you don't have the guy trying to sell it to you in the car while you're driving, and and you get yeah. I guess you just to me, it's a little more of a comfortable feeling to be able to do it on my own. Uh, so that's just one little opinion on that, I guess. So, uh, but it's it's been difficult. There hasn't still hasn't really been too much that's really you know cars that have jumped out and said wow this is a really nice car i'm kind of heading maybe towards nissans and the ultima coupe uh, i kind of like those uh, gm you know when they got rid of pontiac it made me sad so there's not a lot they've got right now that's interesting me so it's um it's it's kind of a hard decision to to, to get a car these days for me at least i there's a lot of stuff that i know that i don't want so i guess if you you know, eliminate the things that you uh, don't want, then whatever's left is, is good, I guess. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to get out of here, and uh, I will try to edit this together somehow later uh, when I get back to the to Rockford and the uh, new apartment and, and make a podcast out of it all. I hope it was sort of enjoyable, a little different road 
podcast and no real specific subject matter. Next week, though, I will be covering a Deep Space Nine episode. Um, it's from season six, and it's called uh, In the Pale Moonlight, and that should be fun to cover. And if you want to send in some comments about that, I would love to have them and play them on the podcast. So, And then in two weeks, I'll be covering the, uh, the Big Bang Theory. Oh, and, and then the week after that, which will be the weekend of June 19th, 20th, I would still need or still need a guest podcaster. If you're interested in doing a show, just shoot me an email at treksf at gmail.com. So that's about it, everyone. Uh, wish me well on the rest of my drive back to Rockford. I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, everything will be fine, and I'll be back there safe and sound. So take care, and I will talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the weekly podcast Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. For more information, visit treksinsci-fi.com. Join the forums at treksinsci-fi.com slash forum. Dr. Beverly Crusher, I would appreciate an explanation. Yes, you should. Do you have a comment, a suggestion, or a question? Email Rico today at treksf at gmail.com. That's treksf at gmail.com. How much do you think that tells me about your character? Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly podcast with geeky goodness and entertainment news. Copyright 2010. All rights reserved. I can assure you that I'm not given to casual relationships. Yes, you should. Goodbye.